Cameron. What? We're doing it. We're here. Yeah, push the button. I didn't push the button. We're we're recording the fuck out of this. There we go. I'm excited. Oh shit! Did you not get any of that? No, we are. Oh good. I, I don't know. I, I was trying to do an intro, but I realized I didn't have anything other than I can talk loud, um, which isn't a joke as it turns out. It's just obnoxious. That's kind of a joke. I guess. I mean, it's not, but kind of. We'll pretend. We pretend a lot on this show. Like, that we're worth listening to. Hey, chick. No. It's not a hey, chick, a bump up joke. That's just a... I, okay, I'm on my third drink, so, you know. What uh, what instrument are you playing? The flute. That is not a fucking flute, you liar. I I'm sorry, I'm not very good. Hey, I have it on good authority that from American Pie that the only way to play the flute is with your pussy. Remember that movie? No, I never saw it. Oh, that was one of those that was such a quintessential like high school movie. Like I swear to okay. god I had to watch that like a dozen times when I was in I don't know ninth grade, twelfth no, probably more like tenth grade. Cause it was one of those, hey, this is a movie about high schoolers having sex doing high schooler things and then you watch it and you're like none of these people look like they're in fucking high school yeah it always looked like oh that's one of those comedies where sex is the punchline yes and it's and you're supposed to go teehee tis the forbidden word i shall laugh i know it's like okay it's funny because i remember enjoying that movie um mostly because like it was stupid and vulgar and that was my sense of humor then and still kind of is now but it's not because, like, I think it was a good movie. Like, I had no interest in basically any of, like, those kind of high school parties, which really weren't happening around where I was as far as I know anyways. I wasn't invited to them if they were. But just, it, I mean, like, everybody in that movie looks like they're in their mid-20s because they kind of are. And so it's, it almost felt like I was watching a college movie, but everyone was way too dumb to be in college. And then you get to college and you're like, oh, never mind, everyone actually is this dumb. Uh, and that's what it was like growing up in the 2000s. I feel like American Pie is one of those comedies where it's like edgy for the sake of being edgy. But to me, it always looked kind of boring. And like it, it was vulgar, but not like actually pushing the boundaries the way that it, everyone pretended that it was. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not super big on Drawn Together, Drawn to Life, Drawn, drawn Together. together. But Drawn Together pulled that off better. Yeah, Drawn Together was like, we don't care what kind of jokes we're going to make. Uh, because they, they would cross lines. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, good job, guys. You did it. I, I feel like, yeah, and I, I enjoy that cartoon. It's weird, too, with um, with American Pie. Like, I remember one of the main plots is uh, the one guy is trying to sleep with this girl. And uh, he ends up getting her in his room, and he's got his webcam on, and he's trying to, like, broadcast this to his friends, but he accidentally broadcasts it, like, to everybody. I don't even know what kind of infrastructure webcams even had back then, if that was possible. It's not like Twitch was a thing. But, like, you think about that now, and it's like, that is fucking gross as hell. Like, he's like, oh, I'm not going to tell her. I'm just going to, like, record us having sex and send it to my friends. He, 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 that's the joke. Like... So much of that movie does not age at all, because it, it's just kind of revolting. 
Which is why we're here to talk about My Little Pony. Yay. Um, did you want to talk about My Little Pony? We can talk about My Little Pony. But? But. I thought you had a story first. I have, okay. I I went on a bit of a musical odyssey this week, or this last couple days, um, and I want to talk about that real quick, because it was kind of fun. So, there's a thread on Reset Era, and I was like, hey guys, what is the best metal album of all time? Here's a poll. Here's your six options. And the options for people who know anything about metal music are going to be fairly familiar. So you had Master of Puppets by Metallica, Holy Diver by Dio, uh, Rust in Peace by Megadeth, Paranoid by Black Sabbath, Some Shit Garbage from Slayer, and Number of the Beast by uh, Iron Maiden. And I was like, I have not actually listened to most of these albums from start to finish. I've only heard Master of Puppets by Metallica, which is pretty good. Uh, I wouldn't call it like the greatest metal album of all time, but it is a, you know, it's a very strong album. There's a lot of neat stuff on there. It's Metallica kind of at, you know, at their best. So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? is I'm going to listen to all these albums except the Slayer one because I don't fucking like Slayer. And uh, that's been, it's been really fun because, you know, a lot of these came out in the 70s uh, or the 80s and uh, they're super influential, right? Like, if you think of a Black Sabbath song, odds are it comes from their album Paranoid. Turns out, like, that was their big explosive thing. Like, that album has nothing but fantastic songs on it. And it's like, oh shit, I, I figured that, you know, Iron Man and War Pigs and all the other songs I hear on the radio all the time would, you know, from multiple discs like there's no way they did this all once turns out i was wrong also how come the radio never plays any of the singles from their other albums because black sabbath have a shitload of albums that seems kind of a waste of time like i don't know i like war pigs but i i could also like hear other black sabbath songs that'd be cool too so that was fun i'd never listened to a full dio album other than like uh holy diver the just the song so going through that was pretty cool i wanted once again i won't call it like the greatest album of all time by any stretch of the imagination but there was like some really good shit in there, and you can tell, like, oh, God, this is super influential, especially for, like, power metal, probably. Um, just the way he sings, the way some of the riffs are, are constructed. Like, you can see the building blocks of other genres when you listen, which is really neat. Um, gave Rust in Peace, the Megadeth one. I swear to God, people will, like, cream in their pants when you bring up Megadeth, Rust in Peace. Don't know why. That album is super boring, and I stopped it 20 minutes in. That's probably going to be the most controversial thing I say on this episode today. But I, that's actually, I mean, that's a lot from you because, like, you you put up with things to give it a shot when you don't care for it. I was at work and I had like all of YouTube, and I was like, I could listen to literally anything else. Like, I was enjoying the other stuff. I listened to Iron Maiden album today. Had a lot of fun with it. There's some really really good songs on there. Um, and then it was just like, oh, it's just this kind of thrash metal for 40 minutes. I don't, I can't do it. Like, congratulations, guys. You can play the guitar really well and write guitar solos. They're boring. They're background noise. I was... Part of the reason I stopped is because I had to, like, go to a meeting or whatever. And I was just like, I don't feel like putting this back on. Now that I'm back on my desk kind of thing. Like, listen to something else. But, I don't know. I I had a lot of fun going through, like, these old albums. These, like, pinnacles of certain genres. Or, in some cases, like, Black Sabbath. I mean, good God. the, The running joke with them is, like... You either play a Black Sabbath riff extra fast or extra slow, but you are, like, copying Black Sabbath if you're in a metal band. And listening to that album, like, there's definitely some truism to that. There's just so much there that other people have borrowed from or been inspired by. And you can just... um, I know we talked, I think it was last week or the week before, about fantasy and sci-fi and just, like, the building blocks to these genres, right? Music's no different, so... It was cool doing that, and I guess I would recommend people listening to this, like, hey, if you find one of those lists, like, hey, these are the best X albums of all time, and you're bored, throw them on, like, if you haven't heard them. 
you you might find some pretty cool shit. Plus, the production values in the 70s and 80s, way different than they are now. Um, in a good way, I think. Like, no, there's no drum samples there, man. You, like, that's that drummer playing the drums, and they had to track that properly and make it sound good, and that's just really hard. Like, there's a lot, there's a lot of nice craft to be heard. That's good. I, I guess I wish I had more of a um, point to this other than, like, here's a thing I did, but... Eh. Yeah, works. Yeah, that one only took five minutes, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, before we start, I want to... Uh, well, let's put in a word from our sponsor. Um, <clears throat> for, for gonna, Okay, so we got, a, we got a return credit from McMaster Car. Oh, and the accounting department contacts me and asks, why did we get this return credit? And I don't know. I don't know why she's asking me this. And I'm explaining to her, I don't know. And the the customer service rep from McMaster Car was on copy on the email. And then they explained what was going on and like who who put in the first PO and then who canceled it and needed a return and then what the replacement PO number was. And it's like, how come McMaster Car understands our accounting system better than our accountants we pay? Because McMaster Car rules. They, they're so helpful and fast. I can't get over how fast they always are. It's funny. That's my I, story. I had to order um, an infrared heater today, uh, and I had to have it overnight shipped because we need it tomorrow for a thing, or shit's going to be bad. And I ordered okay. it from Zorro, and it cost like 100-some bucks to ship it overnight. And I got it, at, and I was like, I wonder if McMaster Car has these for one cheaper and two overnight shipping because that's just their shipping. And I didn't look because I didn't want to be sad. But I I would I would bet money <laughs> that they have one of those fucking McMaster Car. They have all that kind of weird shit. Yeah, they actually might. But I'm gonna remain in ignorance because I don't know. Today was one of those like high highs, low lows. Um, just gonna just gonna let it ride. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and just ride on through then. Mm-hmm. What did we want to talk about today? So, I I recommended last week that, hey, I bet there's a bunch of stuff uh, for Gen 5 MLP because it's been a bit, and, and they have to have released their stuff now to get people for the show. Uh, let's talk about that. I'll do some little quick research, and we can look at the new characters and, and the plots and the world, um, actors, whatever. Uh, turns out... Ask Sigma, who I know online, and he's very into MLP. Uh, he's the reason why I've written MLP fanfiction and raised some money for charity. He was the one who hosted that last year, and he did it this year. Um, he's like, yeah, there's not a lot that's really come out. And it's like, oh, well, I had I had hoped and expected. I, I had promised our audience of, like, six people that we had this topic. I even got drunk for it because I'm not going to talk about this shit sober. Um, oh, I want to get drunk. You should do it. It's great. I got to, Captain Morgan coconut rum. Ooh, that stuff's fun. So it turns out there's not not a lot here uh, to talk about. We can do our best. I want to talk about the animation. Yeah, okay. So here's a place to start, I think. And I, I linked you a thread or a post from Reset Era because I'm pulling all, from all this because Sigma has done the research. And this is just the five main characters and what they look like. I don't know if you've seen all of these. I know up until this point, I'd only seen a couple. So it turns out they have released the main cast, the main five. Uh, we are getting rid of Applejack. There is there is no one with a hat. I mean, I don't think you need a hat, 
but there's always room for hat accessories. I imagine like, there will be hat accessories with the toys. It just seems like a thing you do. Yeah. I okay. I kind of I I winced it a bit here. I, uh, but like, go go ahead and continue with your open here. So, I'm, I'm I'm scrolling through the character list right now. The 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 five. Um, first thing that strikes me is I think it's three Earth ponies, one unicorn, and one uh, Pegasus. Yeah. Which is int- I'm kind of surprised by that. The other thing that's surprising one of the uh, one of the main five is is a male. I don't know how often that happens within the MLP. I know it did not happen in Gen Four, uh, so that's kind of neat. Um, I I think for the most part these designs are pretty. I really like uh, Sunny Hitch and Izzy who are. Earth Pony main character, uh, the guy is Hitch, is the unicorn, and those are the three I'd seen already in motion, and I feel like they look really good. Um, I okay, I think in motion they're mostly good, but something I've noticed is there's a couple facial expressions that just don't seem to look that great. Sure. Um, I'm also I I said before I like the CGI, I like the 3D they're doing, mm-hmm. um, the texturing where they're kind of like soft, like actual. Uh, like hair on a horse. Yes. Um, I think that works. But it was I was thinking about it today, and it's like I think the really simple 2D designs of the Gen Four characters might have been better, just because it's easy to draw, like for a child. I've uh, I've seen that come up before. I don't know if I disagree with it. I like this is a very different art style than Gen Four. And yeah. Gen Gen two, right? Because I don't. I think this might be the first time MLP's ever gone into, it, you know, three D. When I first saw this, I was like, "Oh, okay, I see what they're doing. This is good. This works. I think it's functional." It's just the more I think about it, the more I kind of wonder if this will actually like capture kids' attention or not. Because I, I think know. in a in a way, <laughs> the the two D animation was unique compared to everything else being CGI at the time. Right. So I don't know. It also, I've, I mean, it kind of depends on the kid, too. Yeah, like, to me, it especially, like, Hitch, he's got kind of that DreamWorks grin going on. I think that's fine. I, I do, too. I like, okay, so I actually, I have nothing against DreamWorks. I, I've definitely heard DreamWorks brought up as this, like, uh, pejorative for, for th- animation, right? Like, because the, obviously they're not quite as good as Pixar, but some of my favorite 3D movies are DreamWorks movies. Over the Hedge is my favorite, like, animated film. I love that movie, so... Uh, the How to Train Your Dragon movie is also very good. I, I I think these designs look fine. Like I, I'm mostly happy with all of them. I think Pip is interesting. She's really cute. She looks really similar to Izzy. Like they're both like kind of purpley pink. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to, you know what to make of that, right? Like, and then Zip is the Pegasus who is white with very colorful hair and then colorful wings. I um, like the colorful wings. I don't like the names Pip and Zip. I don't know if I like most of these names other than maybe Sunny. I actually, you know, I, I think I like Izzy. I think Hitch works, even though it's kind of a little too horse punny. His last name is Trailblazer, as it turns out. Which, I don't know if Hitch is going to be his name or like a nickname, mm. but... I, I I think it's fine. Um, Zip being the Pegasus that goes fast is like that's also a little on the nose, but sometimes you want on the nose for younger audience, anyways. So, oh, okay. I just scroll back up. Uh, turns out 
the Pip is actually a Pegasus. So she's got like fluffy oh, she is. feather right. wings, as it turns out. Okay, I didn't know that. Interesting. I mean, are, are Pip and Zip siblings? Ah, uh, I don't know. She's using a tablet phone, though, in this picture. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like the phone. I don't like Sunny playing with My Little Pony dolls and being like a fangirl. So that I find actually kind of interesting because the I, from what I understand, the premise of this show is that it takes like place like thousands of years after Gen 4, but in the same universe. And so like Twilight Sparkle and her friends are like these lore characters like, yeah, they, they had magic and they brought peace to Equestria and then some shit went down because there's no magic anymore. And that's like the main through line is they're trying to like find magic or whatever. And, it, and no one believes magic really exists anymore. And Sonny's like, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to make friends. I'm going to go find the magic. Uh, going to be just like Twilight Sparkle, my hero from the kids books I like. And I don't, I guess I don't mind that. I think that's kind of neat. Uh, as far as like a continuity thing goes, the idea of like, Oh, I like that character. And this character likes that character too, but in a totally different context can be interesting. I don't know if they're going to like, use it to talk about storytelling in any meaningful way or if it's just sort of like lazy plot shit but i feel like there's something there that could work you're not wrong but again i'm i'm really when i think about my little pony i really like to think about the the actual target audience and sure. there's there's kind of twofold to that statement um you know when nickelodeon was new a long time ago in a galaxy far far away their mission statement was kind of to be a kids network that's supposed to feel like it's made by kids. Oh, sure. It's supposed to be like a kid only zone in a way. That's why a lot of the commercial bumpers were like crayon and like kids laughing and stuff. And one of the reasons that earlier Nickelodeon didn't do marketing and merch stuff the same way, they felt like uh, kids can tell when they're being marketed to. So it's like, look, we're just going to have a good cartoon. Okay, here's Doug. We're not going to push Doug action figures. We're just offering the kids Doug, and we're offering this premium ad space. And that's it. That's the whole business model. By offering Doug and not trying to trick kids into buying Doug action figures, they'll stick around, and it keeps the ad space a premium. That makes sense. That, that was kind of their business model. Um, when SpongeBob got really, really popular, they kind of gave up on that and like, we're going to cash in because that's what Disney does. And Disney makes the most money. And now they're like, Hey, you can get cave Bob, the meme SpongeBob as an action figure. Yeah. So existence is pain. Yeah. Now that actually kind of brings me into my next statement. There is, uh, the, the people that make my little pony are fully aware of the 30 and 40 year old, uh, man children that obsess about my little pony. Hey, that's me. And I think the continuity parts are partially to help like little kids process this change so quickly because there hasn't been a lot of like space to distance these two generations. Well, that's a good question, right? Because when they went from Gen three to Gen four, like what what was the time space between those? Because I'm guessing well, it was a while. <laughs> well, I mean, there, it was a while, but also Gen three was so awful that it didn't like stick. Like okay. Even people that like My Little Pony were like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, they, they ruined it. They don't care anymore. Um, so 4 was like this massive reboot. When they first showed off these designs, my initial thought was, wow, it's really cool that they're doing such a drastic reboot because these designs are very different. So when I see like 
Twilight Sparkle buttons on her bag, and I see like the action figures that look like 3D renders of toys you can buy at Target right now. And then I see this one picture of her dad that looks like a brony. Like he's got this like he's got this neck beard thing going on that kind of like, oh, that's a 30-year-old that likes Metal Pony and he's forcing it on his daughter. Like yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a vibe I'm getting here where it it is relatable to a little girl that likes My Little Pony to go like, I love putting on wings and pretending too. But there's also a vibe of like, buy this product from Hasbro. Money for the whole family. So I'm just, I'm kind of getting that vibe a bit the more I look at these. It's weird though, because like, we we had um the Gen 4.5, right? The Pony Life thing, which I feel like was not marketed towards the bronies or adults at all because that show right. is like fucking crack but animated it we and we watched a couple episodes with emily on this on this show and i don't think any of us really liked it like there were maybe a couple of gags that were like oh, i guess that's kind of funny but on the whole the pacing of it is so weird like it clearly was aimed at a certain age group that likes teen titans and and that kind of cartoon yeah which is not me um so i don't know i mean it, it is all hasbro right so how much of how much of this is going to be like, well, 4.5 wasn't for, for adults at all. Like, will this, because I feel like the trap is if they try to get the adult stuff uh, audience to return, they're going to make a show that no one wants. Like Gen 4 was sort of lightning in a bottle. And I'm hoping someone knows that and doesn't try to force things. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to move on from my pessimism, um, I, I think I mostly like the character designs. I think all the stills, like all these like stationary renders in the promo art here, they all look good. Um, it just in the in the little animated short I saw, there was a couple frames where the the faces looked a little weird. Sure, like they're they're maybe over emoting. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> if there's too much of that, it will feel. What's the word? Uh, there's like an uncanny valley thing. Where I, I feel like cartoons get away with silly faces in a way that you have to be very careful how things are designed in a 3D space. Yeah. I mean, we saw that, I even just think, with, like, the toys that come out for the Gen 4. It's sort of like, okay, these characters look a specific way on the screen, and I like it. And then you look at the toy, and you're like, this is kind of ugly. Like, this doesn't translate that well to 3D. Um, certain sculptors on like DeviantArt or whatever like did a much better job of making the transition but even then it's like I feel like they're probably taking pictures of their sculptures from very specific angles because the Gen 4 was very like 2D like it was unashamedly a 2D cartoon right like and I, I think you're, you're I don't know horses are just weird in general I, I, you're always going to have that problem maybe with uh, uh, these kind of character designs I don't like that Zip and Pip are both princesses yeah, it's kind of weird. I didn't like when Twilight became a princess. I always liked her being a little more relatable and grounded, even though she's clearly special in the main character. It's like she also, you know, she sits in the library and reads books. And right. I feel like there's something there that you can kind of grab onto. Now, I'm also not a little girl, so I don't know what, like, there's a lot of Disney princesses that are very popular. So I think there's something there <laughs> that I don't relate to. That's okay. I think the the difference is is that these two characters are starting the show as royalty 
and that changes their dynamic and relationship with the world where versus twilight like automatically just becoming a princess for kind of fuck all reason other than to sell toys so there there's a way this can work uh as far as a, from a writing perspective like i, I guess my, the two things that strike me is like going through some of this information is that for one thing the the alicor or the the pegasus can't fly like it turns out flight is related to magic so she's got wings but she can't fly oh i mean i don't know if you ever noticed this but a pegasus is not aerodynamic no i i, I mean it, i didn't notice it but not well i mean the, the other part is like they can walk on clouds and and make weather happen like that that was a magical thing yeah but i i figured the flight thing was sort of well they have maybe they should have really brittle ass you know light bones i don't know that would be hilarious. I want like I want Rainbow Dash to like stub her toe on a on an end table and her leg breaks, and she's like, "We don't have these in Cloud Kingdom. What are these torture devices?" Um, but I, I think wow. uh, I I think like depending on what like how much magic permeates Equestria, the idea of like no magic going from Gen Four to Gen Five could be really interesting. Yeah, especially like because I remember like in Gen Four, like oh the Earth Ponies, their magic is like we're good at like manual labor and growing shit. Like they got really shafted in that. But well, you know, is, is if that goes away, like what kind of like agricultural things are we gonna have in this? Probably none, because no one gives a fuck if you're like six. But I don't know. Like there could be things you could do. All of a sudden, oh, we, we grew up in a society where normally we had magic to help us grow food. Now we don't have magic. We have to, like, really pay attention to when we plant crops, how we harvest crops. Like, certain foods are actually hard to get. Not everyone just fucking has apples. Now, I imagine magic comes into play, like, very quickly. I don't know, because that'll be interesting, too, right? Like, is it going to be, like, the pilot episode as they bring magic back, and now the show's about reestablishing a world with magic, or do they actually going to go on this, like, giant quest to find magic? And that's, like, the end of season one. Well, I, I think it might be a limited thing. I, I think something might happen where friendship is there, and then a problem is magically solved, and they go, whoa, was that magic? But it's not like everyone's magic turns on. I suppose. I, I wonder, though, like, again, this is my adult brain looking for stories that an adult would appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer in a setting like this to not know if magic is real or not and discover with the characters. So well, knowing the magic happen. of Gen 4 exists, it's kind of like, yeah, they're probably going to get there faster. I suppose. Because um, it's not an actual mystery. Like, y- you I know what the, I mean? The real mystery is what happened to magic. But I almost feel like they're already playing their hands at what because we're bringing up Gen Four so much in the in the lore stuff like oh Twilight Sparkle did this and this and this and it's like she probably fucked up and lost magic like I don't know I, Man, I'm feeling you know what would be great be <laughs> it, it should be like uh, it should be like Warhammer lore where like magic is real but the secret police tell you that magic isn't real and you go to secret police prison if you find magic. Oh man, and then like Pip's flying around, and everyone's like, "How can Pip fly? There's no magic." And then she's just like actually like killing a thousand people a day, so she has magic and can fly. Yeah, she just figured like, it out. Just and like it's the, her secret. The emperor. I want I want the My Little Pony, um, Sunny Star Scout, uh, um, Throne of Blood expansion pack. I like the color choices. I'm looking at this one splash oh, page. All five Zip of them. Are- Pip and Zip are sisters. Yes, they're both princesses, and I don't like that. 
And I don't like that Zip's description is a royal rebel, and it's like, what are you rebelling against? You're the authority. Yeah. I, she's clearly like the Rainbow Dash stand-in, right? It's yeah. Like way not as well designed. I I don't know. I think Rainbow Dash is like too busy. Mm. I think the I think the rainbow hair was a bit much. Really, I, I I feel like Rainbow Dash is like one of the best designed characters in Gen Four. I love the rainbow hair and the fact that I feel like it works. Like it should not work, but I feel like with her it does. I don't think it does. <laughs> I got used to it, but I never really liked it. Fair. Um. No, I, this has a more limited color palette, but it's still colorful. I like that her wings are colored too. It's not just uh, like with Rainbow Dash, her wings are blue, mm-hmm. and that's it. So this is kind of an interesting design that I, I appreciate. I also like I like that um, Hip's wings are very different. Like they're very like butterfly-ish. They're they're like yeah, fluttery, right? Like she's got a different style of wing. That that makes me ask questions about the world and like what certain Pegasus look like and, and whatnot. Like, you know, yeah. How much variety will we see? Yeah, I, and I think that could be cool. I'm curious to see what other kind of like unicorns we see because we have two, two, and then one. So Izzy's kind of left out. She's, well, it's she's also the only um, unicorn. I noticed that her horn looks very sharp. Yeah, because I know there's like a screen where she's got like a tennis ball over it to like prevent and that's cute. Anybody, which is yeah. extremely funny. But it's also, like, it's kind of interesting because it just seems a little different than most Milo Pony designs. I, I'm going to look up, like, what the Gen 3 unicorn look like. I'm not even sure they had unicorns in that one. While you do that, I think one of the other things that's interesting is that Hitch is uh, apparently a sheriff of uh, of whatever town he lives in. Yeah. That's going to bring an interesting dynamic, too, um, as far as how he relates to other people. Because when I think of sheriff, my immediate thought is like Andy Griffin from the Andy Griffith from the Andy Griffith show. Like he's to me like this quintessential sheriff Taylor, right? Like, well, yeah, you know, I'm curious about their occupations because the other thing is like Izzy doesn't have a job listed, and then the other two are princesses, and it's like I, I don't know if they're like uh, living someplace. Are these all in the same town? So, from my understanding, the the one of the core plots of this is that like the unicorns and the Pegasus and the the Earth ponies have kind of split up into their own towns and basically don't get along anymore. There's like some pony racism going on, and Sunny wants to bring everybody together. Be like, no, look, it was like Twilight had friends every with everybody. Friendship is magic. We could do this, and so. I think everybody split up. I wonder what kind of strife we're actually going to get from this, if it's actually going to touch on anything resembling, like, social issues. Well, also, I, I mean, I guess more specifically my question is, do these all come together? Or is this going to be like, this episode is about Sonny and Hitch, and then next episode, Sonny and Pip. You know, like, is is she traveling around, or does something actually bring these characters together, and all five are in the episodes frequently? That's a good question, because this feels like an ensemble cast, but the more I hear about the world they set up, it's like, well, wait, what? Right. Which is a good thing. I like having questions, because it means they're making something worth asking questions of. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, like, of, uh, of, like, D&D, right? Where, like, the Izzy is the Dark Elf, and then, like, Sunny is the barbarian, and then uh, the other, I don't know, the, the two 
flying ones can be dwarves or sort of elves or some shit. I don't know. The, I lost the metaphor, like, as soon as I opened my mouth. But it makes me wonder, like, if they do join up as a party and are, like, traveling around this world and people are like, what the fuck? Why are you guys hanging out together? You should hate each other. But they're solving problems and, like, like no, guess what, guys? You could be friends with everybody because this is a kid's show. But, I mean, that, that happens in, like, fantasy stuff, right? Like, that that concept of friendship as magic, like, permeates a lot of fiction, even stuff for teens and adults, regardless of whether we want to admit it or not. Oh, okay. Did you scroll down a bit? Um, There's this older pony called Alpha Biddle, and I okay. love his design. He's got a pretty great design. He also looks kind of like a dwarf. Yeah, he's got this great facial hair. Yeah, there's a, a. I'm looking at a screen, and it's like, here's all the people voice acting these characters. I don't recognize any of these voice actors. Uh, I'm kind of like surprised that we're not seeing uh, Tara Strong because I feel like if there's a big cartoon, she's involved somehow. Oh, you know Michael McCain. Uh, do I? Yeah. Who's he from? Um, a lot of things. I recognize Ken Ken. Jong, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Michael McKean's a name that is familiar. Oh yeah, Ken Jong. <laughs> they got some interesting casting here. Um, James let me bring Marsden up. looks familiar too, like his face. I don't know what I've seen him in. Actor. What a thing that interests me too with um, uh, Pip is like she's a royal pop star. So one of the things that I want out of MLP is like show tunes. I feel like this is the kind of cartoon where they are. Not only socially acceptable, but kind of demanded. I'm I'm curious what kind of songs we're gonna get, especially if we're setting up with like this character is canonically a good singer or a dancer or whatever. You know, now I'm thinking about it. You might not have seen a lot of Michael McKean's films because this seems yeah. like the kind of comedies that I like and that you don't. Do do do. Opening IMBD. Let's scroll down a ways. Oh, geez, this guy's got a hell of a fucking filmography. He's been in a lot of stuff. He was in Murder, She Wrote. He was in Short Circuit, too. I've probably seen him in that. I've definitely seen those movies. He's in Clue. I've seen Clue. Why does he have to be in so much shit? Because he's talented. God damn it. I didn't expect that. Oh, he was in Coneheads. I've seen that. Not like any time this, you know, decade, but... He was in Friends, apparently. That's neat. Fat Darn Cat. I remember that movie. Sorry if this is a terrible episode. That's okay. I'll edit out the silence. Okay, he was in Animaniacs. Sorry, I'm, like, just, I'm reading this. Find Man. something that like I recognize. Like, oh, it was clearly <laughs> him. Because he's had like a lot of cameos and stuff. Apparently he was in Family Guy for a bit. Anyways. Anyways. Um, yeah, they, I mean, we don't have a whole lot more to talk about, really. I think we we went through what media is available. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised there's not more stuff. Just because, I don't know, like, usually they drip feed this a bit more and get people excited. Yeah, whatever happened to Hub? Is that not here anymore? I don't think so. Wow. <laughs> I just realized this is a Netflix thing, and it's like, oh, wait... I will say one of the things that's kind of neat um, as far as the fandom trying to, like, mine information is they're going through, like, here's an art book that, like, 
six-year-olds will buy and color with crayon. Like, here's a toy that has, like, lore written on the back of who this character is. Like, a lot of this information we talked about is from the toys. It's not, like, interviews with a cast or anything. Like, a lot of it's it's flavor text on the back of a box. Yeah. And I don't know, like, the MLP fandom and, and other fandoms, too, but, like, I kind of appreciate that. Like, they're so hungry to find shit that they will go to places that you wouldn't expect to get stuff. Like, I'm fine with just waiting for information. They're like, fuck no, I'm going to go to the Toys R Us. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm probably not going to go to Toys R Us. I don't know if those are around anymore. I'm going to go to Target. I'm going to look at the back of the boxes and I'm going to take some pictures. And, you know, I love like, that, like, this show is barely, like, they, they've barely previewed anything. Mm-hmm. No one's seen anything. No one really knows what the show is about. But I'm I'm researching where do we find the My Little Pony news? And I just keep finding these like weird sex jokes and Rule Thirty Four art. That's also fun. And it's like, hmm, hmm. It'll be interesting. Like, huh. um, Equestria Daily. I wonder if that's gonna shift over to this, right? Like, I would imagine it has to if it want if it wants to survive. But like some of these like staples of Gen Four that I remember from. 10 plus years ago i mean they're still around or maybe not as big but i wonder like how many hits does equestria daily get in a day i don't know i mean why why wouldn't they though yeah also equestria is a really hard word to type one-handed no i've never tried so i just went here i got like i'm kind of curious what they got and so far okay yeah gen 5 cutie mark guide for my little pony a gen new generation released i'm not actually gonna look at it because i don't care that much yeah, they're going through, like, the different merch. Tons of fan art and whatnot, like they normally But yeah, I guess the merch did drop, right? Yeah. That is kind of an ugly toy you just lit. Like, the little plush doll. It's fine. It's not their best work. No. Someone mentioned that it's kind of interesting that these characters have, like, very defined hooves. Uh, I, I like it. Gen 4. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I, I think that's an interesting interpretation some artists had to make when they're doing fan art mm-hmm. where like it's it's like do they have soft sphere or no like soft cylinder hands or is it actual hooves because sometimes there'd be like comedic effects sound effects used in the shorts yeah where it's like extra hoof soundy but also like in the show everyone's silent well it's funny because like rarity would go on about going to get like manicures and stuff but it's like yeah, but your 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 hands just end in kind of like weird marshmallow square things. Like there's no, there's no nails or hoof there. It, it you know it's not drawn in. They clearly had them because they talked about them. Have you ever seen a a horse with curly fur? I don't think so. I'm not sure the word for this. It's interesting because you just you don't typically see them like that. Oh, that's weird. I don't know what to think of that. Yeah, even the mane is like. It's a little curly, but not nearly as curly as the rest of it. It's kind of like cow fur, but a little longer. Yeah. What's I'm the sure cow that's a happy fur? horse. It's for mooing, stupid. Yeah, the stuff, Um, like we said, we wanted to do like a little research before the show. Most of the stuff I find is people posting like Gen 4 art still. Like, yeah. I, I think the brony crowd is going to keep clinging to four probably i don't think there's anything wrong with that and it would be kind of nice to separate the adults from children so that children can enjoy something without adults ruining it 
that's true. I don't know, like, my relationship, because I still like cartoons. I know you still like cartoons. Like, I don't, like, I don't get obsessed with them, though, right? Like, I never got obsessed with Gen 4. I watched the cartoon, and I talked about it with, like, a handful of people. I didn't buy anything. I didn't really do any, like, fan art. I, I did, like, a sculpture, too, because, like, I was playing around with Sculpey Clay, and, like, cartoons are easier to sculpt than, I don't know, aliens and predators, right? But I, I was not involved in the fandom, and so I, like, I would like to enjoy this new thing because I want to enjoy new cartoons. But if I don't, I'm not going to be upset about it because it's clearly not marketed for me. But the thing is, is I'm, like, socially adjusted, I'm not, you know? I'm not. Like, I've been I, watching Owl House season two. It's great. But if I didn't like it, oh, well, it's a cartoon. I don't have to like all the cartoons. Oh, I'm glad well, I like yeah. It. I mean, <laughs> that's that's another thing. I, I think a lot of people seem to fall into this weird hitch of, uh, I have to like things. And if I'm not liking it, someone else did something wrong. And I'll explain to them why they're wrong that I don't mm-hmm. like it. And I don't know where that comes from. Uh, did you see the, it feels like the entitlement? Well, it, it's it's an entitlement, but it's like wh- why? Like why do they feel entitled? I don't know. Um, did you see the Switch Pro announcement? No, but I heard about it, and people were disappointed. Yeah, and I don't know why. Like, I I don't understand. So this is what confuses me. I don't know how much you you follow that. Not very. Specs leaked. Okay. So we knew that a Switch Pro was coming because the specs of a new system being made leaked. So we we had information about what the system was. Everyone expected the announcement at E3. There was no announcement at E3. So everyone said there is no Switch Pro because they didn't announce it at E3 as I dictated it would be. And then a couple days later, Nintendo announces, here's the new system. And it had the specs that leaked. Immediately, everyone's mad that it's not some huge upgrade, but we already had the specs, so I don't know what they were expecting. At the same time, it's not a huge upgrade, and it costs $50 more than the SKU now, and people are outraged that that costs so much. And it's like, well, wait, you you wanted a stronger 4K version of a Switch that didn't cost more? Like, that's what would have made you happy? Like... I, I honestly I don't understand where this is coming from. It like defies so many tiers of logic. People like to be upset, but there's so many of them. Like it used to be a, f- a few weirdos that are ill-informed and easily confused. This seems to be a majority opinion. Like mm. it ruined YouTube for a day because every single gamer channel was talking about I've been utterly betrayed by Nintendo for the last time. And it's like, guys, guys, there's a WoW patch to complain about. Get back to the topic. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if, uh, if, if this new Pony show came out and it was, like, utterly boring to adults, and people say, they ruined My Little Pony, I, I don't, I can't even pretend to care. Right. Like, well, when it comes back, like, I didn't watch Pony Life. Like, I watched a couple episodes. I was like, this shit isn't for me. But kids like it, probably. I don't care. Like, it's not a big deal. My my identity is not actually wrapped up in My Little Pony. I just I watch the cartoon because sometimes it's a good cartoon. And I'm hoping this is a good cartoon because I like good cartoons. But if it's not, I will watch something else. Or I, will, I could rewatch Steven Universe. Like, I could watch an anime. Like, 
there's already so much shit competing for my attention that I have to be kind of choosy anyways. And so I'm only really like paying any attention to this because of some vague sense of brand loyalty because Gen 4 was, I want to say mostly good, but man, the last couple seasons were, were not. So I might not even get through season one of this. Uh, I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. Um, I, don't, I don't have Netflix, so that's the thing. It's like it has to show I, yeah, up on like, sites that I, I can stream easily. I have a list of things that next time I have Netflix, I'm going to be more likely to try before sure. I, I grab this one. I didn't even finish She-Ra yet. Like, I think that has maybe more quality behind it. Mm. Um, I need to get like Netflix for a month, and there's like mostly anime I want to watch. Like, I want to watch Devil Man Cry Baby. I'd like to watch She-Ra. And like you said, like there's just like there's this list of things I'd like to watch since eight, which the Wachowski sisters did, um, because I like them as directors. So like, there's if there's a tier list of things to watch, like this is kind of low. Uh, Shiro's interesting. I feel like some people have complained about the later episodes. I don't know enough about it to have an opinion other than maybe go in with like a certain expectations, and if it's higher, great, and if it's lower, well, oh well. I really liked the first season. There you go. I feel like uh, the second season, I didn't finish it, but the direction it was kind of going in felt like they were changing the roadmap I thought was there. And it was like, I don't know, it, it didn't it didn't grab my attention right away, and then I, I never caught up, and people said that I didn't miss out. Okay. But I'm still curious enough to try it. I just, I don't have Netflix right now. Sure. It's kind of a funny thing, too, right? Like, And I know like those companies kind of complain about this. Like, We released a cool thing. People like signed on, watched it, and then signed off. And it's like, yeah, that's going to fucking happen. If you're me, you're going to wait till there's like eight cool things, then I'll sign on, and then I'll sign off after I watch all eight. I only have so much money and all this, so, so much time and energy, and I, you got to be choosy. At some point, I would like to get like HBO again so I could watch uh, two of his Dark Materials because season one was really good. But the other part of me is like, if I wait long enough, they'll release it on Blu-ray and I'll just fucking buy it. That was a conversation I had with someone else uh, this week, too, about, like, cartoon. Um, yeah. This is like, so, Owl House Season 2 is currently ongoing. Uh, it turns out those creators kind of got shafted with Season 3 and they're getting, like, half as many episodes or half the runtime as they were promised by Disney. I don't know why. There's a lot of theories. I'm guessing the prevailing answer is... The show's really well animated and well done. It's probably kind of expensive to make. I can I can see it being more of a cost thing than cry for, you know, whatever sociological thing that might be going on. Um, but I was like, I, I hope it ends well because I would like to buy, you know, whatever Blu-ray comes out and to get the box set. And he's like, there's probably not going to be one. Gravity Falls had to fight tooth and nail to get a good Blu-ray box set because Disney didn't want to release one. And he's going on about all these cartoons he likes and I like. They don't really get DVD or Blu-ray sets released. Because their audience isn't people like me who want to buy them. Their audience is children who want to stream them or watch clips on YouTube. And it's like, I didn't think about that, but that is true. Like, there's not, like, a really good Blu-ray for Steven Universe. There's a DVD set, but the uh, sleeves are, like, cardboard sleeves. Like, there's no plastic for the disc. You slide them in and out of the cardboard. And so you run the risk of, like, kind of scratching the disc as you remove it. And that's basically all you can find on Amazon if you want, like, the complete series of Steven Universe. Which is weird, because that show's got really, really big. Like, you'd think it would have, like, this really big, proper, like, box set. But it doesn't. 
uh, Harley Quinn, which was aimed at adults, but because it dumb DC bullshit, like, it didn't get a Blu-ray release till, like, this year. Like, season one and two got, like, shitty DVD releases, but even then they were pretty limited because they're like, well, who's gonna fucking buy this? It's a cartoon. So, at a point, I don't remember what the point was. I don't know. I don't buy physical media anymore. And I do, and I'm the weird one, and it's frustrating because I still yeah. want to do it. Like, the freaking Gravity Falls Blu-ray disc is, like, that box set is fucking awesome. There's all this cool stuff on it, like, there's the director commentary, which I fucking love to listen to. Like, I would love that for Owl House or any of this shit, right, that I like, but I, I'm i kind of a rare one. Like, most people don't want to do that anymore, just don't want to have, like, the shelf space because it it's stuff that goes in your house. It takes up room. Yeah, that's gotta, my problem. I, gotta get so I got ass. I got the PS5, but I got the disc version. Mm-hmm. And I got the disc version because I realized I don't have a DVD player besides my PS4. And it's like, I literally don't, I wasn't planning on getting the disc version. But it's like, well, just in case I want to play my Mega 64 DVDs, because they don't put those episodes online. So it's like the only way I can watch them is if I have a DVD player. Sure. And it's like, the, literally, Mega 64 is the reason I got the disc version of the PS5. Literally no other reason. I don't plan on buying any disc games. I don't plan on any of that. <laughs> I don't buy TV shows. Um, it's it's really weird and ironic that an internet video comedy group is the reason I, I'm clinging to a physical media drive. Yeah. Because my computer didn't come with one either. Mine did, but I don't. I had to like go find software to play them because it's like, what do you mean you want to like watch videos that you put in your CD drive? You fucking weirdo. Oh yeah, my um, my mom got a new laptop, and it, exact same thing. It's like she put in the DVD, and it's like, what the fuck is this? What am I looking at here? Yeah, thank God for like VLC Media Player. That's just free. I, it's weird, like. If a movie comes out and I really like it, I feel like I can show my appreciation by, like, buying it on Blu-ray and having, like, a small movie collection. Like, like, hey, look at my movie collection. These are the movies I thought were so good I wanted to own them. And I don't always watch them. I almost never watch them. But, like, I have them if I want to. But then, you know, I go to my parents' house because they have Disney Plus and they have Hulu. And it's sort of like, hey, you want to watch something? And they just load up Disney Plus. And it's like, well, we have that movie. It's like, yeah, but we can stream it. We don't have to get up. We don't have to find the disc. Like... We, there's no ads. Our internet's good, so it's not going to skip. Like, I don't know. Like, I understand the convenience thing, but I also, I kind of like the ritual of grabbing a disc. Like, I watched The Thing the other week, and we borrowed that from my neighbor because he had it on DVD, and that's a thing we could fucking do. He can be like, oh, you should watch this. I have this movie. Here you go, and we'll bring it back later. And, you know, you get up, and you put it in. You got your popcorn or your drink or whatever or both, and it's just like part of the movie experience to me involves like the physical putting it in the player and being with a couple of people like like the whole the whole shebang is the thing i don't really like watching movies by myself because of that like which is weird because i hate when people fucking talk when i'm watching a movie and i appreciate having the shebang part um you know like when we watch a movie now we get out the projector and we get out the screen out back and we have a fire in the fire pit Mm -hmm. like it's a thing but we're hooking up the projector to like my phone or my mom's laptop and we stream Hulu, you know, 
Sure. It, it's it's a little different, <laughs> but it's not that the charm is lost on me, for sure. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of dead space. We are at six fifty six minutes. If we want to, know if you got anything else, or do we want to start wrapping up? Oh, we can wrap up. I just I fell down this hole of a fun fan art, and I don't want to like describe it on audio because that's just even more boring. Mm-hmm. But I. I really love the creative stuff that people kind of tap into because these are each like very different, unique styles. And it's like, wow, people really do, you know, the the actual fans that still exist still put, you know, a lot of interesting work into their fandom. And I I don't know, there's something charming there. There's something fun there. And I do hope that Gen 5 has its own magic. I want to see it stand on its own. Yeah. I hope that it makes children happy. And right, I'm indifferent like about adults. We're at Fluttershy Twilight and Rainbow Dash are just getting fucking baked. It eating brownies. I like that Fluttershy is wearing a Gur hoodie. Oh, that is super cute. Yeah, there's like a couple details mixed in there that are just like, ah, that's funny. Ah. It's one of those things. I, I, I think the strength of the design of, of Gen 4 is that people can take that color scheme and like the big character proportions and do something really weird with them. And you still, you understand it immediately, but also it still like looks pretty good. Like, like this Scootaloo is super stylized. It's very sharp. She almost looks kind of like a shark. Um, and she's, you know, screaming into a microphone or singing really loud. But like, I what I could tell it's her like immediately, but two, just like, that color scheme for her character is really strong. Like it, it carries this over and, and you can just do different stuff with it and make it work regardless of, you know, do you want to make really angular or not as angular? I don't know. Like, and like, okay, you just sent me a piece of, of fan art of, of, I'm guessing that I think this is sunny and this is cute. It's, it's kind of plain, but it's early on. I, I, I hope we get cool fan art. Like the great thing about being part of the MLP fandom when it was like at its heyday, was just seeing all this stuff come out, like the music and the games and the artwork and whatever. Well, I didn't read any of the fanfics, but the abridged series, like people went fucking hog wild with it. And that was really fun. I know I was uh, one of my vocal discords, like someone like linked a living tombstone song uh, from like this year, last year. It's like, oh, this song's really good. And I was like, holy shit. I remember when that dude was doing My Little Pony songs. And he's like, that guy did My Little Pony songs. And I was like, Oh my god, we gotta fucking go back some years, but yes he did. And it was like two thousand nine or ten or something, and I was like, here we go. Found it. He did a remix of a song that was from ML you know, that someone else did about MLP it was that uh Discord song. And uh I don't know, like that felt really special to be like kind of like part of that, even if I was extremely tangentially part of that, because like I said I didn't really wasn't really involved in the fandom at all, but I got to witness it from afar and enjoy the cream of the crop and just enjoy the cartoon when it was good. Yeah, it was a it was a fun thing to be part of to watch it kind of develop. It did reach like a threshold where okay, the show's not as good and people are more creepy than not. So that kind of drove me away. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was that sweet spot where, like you said, it was lightning in a bottle. Uh, yeah, that was that was fun. I have a lot of positive memories associated with My Little Pony. Yes. And I have like some kind of weird brain condition where I can't remember positive things. 
So that that actually <laughs> means a lot more than it sounds like. And it's funny too because like I like there are big fandoms, right, that are kind of notorious. Like MLP fandom is one, uh the Homestuck fandom and then the Rick and Morty fandom are like the three big ones that I know of because they're cartoons. Obviously you got Star Wars, Star Trek, all that other shit. But like I, I watched Rick and Morty and I was like, oh, this cartoon is great. And then I found out like, oh, the fans are fucking insufferable. I hate like, um I hate dinosaur fandom and Undertale fandom. Undertale was another one, yes. Where like, you know, you're just like, oh, I enjoyed this thing. Other did other people. And there's like, I hate those fans so much. I hope you never bring it up in my vicinity. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was a neat cartoon. I'm sorry. Oh, well. Like, I man, Homestuck's really funny that way, because, like, I read that kind of, like, way after it started, had no idea it was this big internet thing, and then you find out, like, oh, most Homestuck fans are really obnoxious, and then the creator's kind of a douchebag, and you're like, oh, well, this is a neat webcomic, though. Like, I still like it. I'm, I don't bring it up very often. Yeah, that, that's one of those things, like, at a convention, when I see Homestuck, uh, what's the word, cosplay? Mm-hmm. that's like it's the same seeing Deadpool cosplay where it's like oh you can just avoid that person <laughs> they're warning from a distance that's nice of them to do that yeah <laughs> that's that's mean Why, how come we had a pony episode and it was just being mean the whole time I'm a bad person we weren't mean the whole time I said that Megadeth album sucked but, no I'm mean oh, oh well, I think we're alright did you have a glad space Ah, that's a good ass question. I feel like the answer is yes, but don't remember what it was. Well, that's nice. Um, so I've been really in the mood for pirates, and Arr. for the Fourth of July, we wanted to watch a movie, so we watched Pirates of the Caribbean outside. Okay. And people were lighting off fireworks, and it and there's like cannon fire on the movie, and it's it was so I don't know that movie's so fun. And it felt like watching it for the first time. Like, it's just, hey, hey, pirates. Um, but I, I didn't get, you know, that that didn't get out of my system. So I ended up sitting down. It's like, I'm going to finally get Sea of Thieves. Because oh. why not? I hear it's good yeah. now. They fixed it. Um, So I look it up, and apparently it's on my Microsoft account, and I already owned it. And I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I feel like we talked about Sea of Thieves like three years ago. And you yeah. owned it at some point. But I don't know, whatever. It's like, oh, it's there. Okay, so I just I installed it and played it. And actually, I played with Kyle. Um, you remember Kyle from our D&D game? Oh, yeah. How's Kyle doing? Well, he's doing pretty good. Uh, but he actually, like, I, <laughs> I saw that he owned it on Steam. And so I messaged him, like, hey, dude, do you want to play Sea of Thieves? And he said, oh, well, yeah, I just bought it half an hour ago. And I thought, well, that's weird timing. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> Um, like it's just the, the, you know, the universe aligning. And so we both like hopped in, we ran through the tutorial and we got a mission. We're figuring stuff out and, and like, oh, we accidentally hit a rock. And so, oh, we got to fix it up the water. Ah. And skeletons attack, ah, skeletons. And it's like, we're, neither of us are using a guide. We're just playing the game the way it's like supposed to be played. And it was the best experience <laughs> I've had in a while. The, nice. the water effects are neat. Like, the waves actually get really choppy. And there's just so many neat visuals. Like, there's something really creepy about, like, there's a huge wave swell and the storm and stuff. And then uh, just as the the wave comes back down, you see a ghost pirate ship 
right there. It's like, whoa, there's a thing. And you have to get a little spyglass. I'm looking at it. It's like, it's coming our way. Come about. We're bringing in sales and 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 stuff. And uh, we, we had this really fun adventure where we went and we got the treasure we're after. And we're sailing back to the base. And it's like, okay, let's turn in the treasure. Um, We're going to be good. And one of the items you can do is you can pull out like music instruments. And it just kind of plays a random song. But mm-hmm. you can all use different instruments. Um, and so it's like I just pull out a banjo, and it's just it's pl- it's plucking this like really slow melody, and it's in the middle of the night, and there's this pretty like starry scene, and uh, Kyle pulled out his uh, uh what is it hurdy gurdy, and you, you know doing accompaniment for this really slow song, and we're just like we're sailing and we're enjoying it, and the storm cleared, and the sun just came up, and it's just like very pretty sunrise just as we're nearing the home base. And the music was just like very quietly accompanying everything, and it felt like this perfect like wrap up. And it was just a, uh, it was a very fun night. Nice, that sounds fun. It was a hoot. I remembered mine. Uh, I've been rewatching Futurama with my family. That was like the new cartoon oh, we're going through. Futurama's great. And yeah, we're we're on season four now. Uh, and it 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 is really it's just a fantastic cartoon. Like, there's so much good stuff there. The comedy is fucking on point. I love the sci-fi stuff. Like, there's a lot of really just neat sci-fi things and also really good social commentary. Like, I, I, I feel like it's a, we could do an episode about Futurama, and I think we could oh, certainly. get a good conversation out of that. Um, but just as a general, like, I, we're watching a cartoon. It's really good. Uh, my mom and dad haven't seen a whole lot of it, so it's kind of new to them for the first time. And they're having a great time. So... We we haven't got to the to the dog episode, which I thought was an early season episode. I it turns out like it took to like season four and five to get some of those really like emotionally heavy stuff. Like there's a, there's a couple sprinkled throughout the earlier seasons, but it really it really comes into its own around season three, where you're like those quintessential Futurama episodes or those big moments. Where you're like, oh my god, I can't believe this cartoon went here. That's when they happen. And there's some like really classic shit in the first couple seasons, of course, but. The, those those episodes that you just like when when Fry is trying to like impress Leela and, and gives her the the Valentine's Day one or get, gives her the little candy heart that says you take my breath away, you know like it's such a really but, good moment like the setup to that is fucking perfect. Yeah, but because like literally he was suffocating and like he had to give up his oxygen tank to save her. Yeah, yeah, it was like it played off of a pun like. And this is the funny part. We could do a few trauma episode. I don't have to watch any. Like they're all memorized in my head. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a show I've committed to memory. I, I quote so often. Did you get to one of those like what if episodes where they use the what if machine? Yes, yes. We've watched both of those now. I love the one where Bender asks, uh, what it would be like to be human. We watched that one literally yesterday. And he just he dies because he got too fat. Yep. And. I, it's it's hilarious because it's such a straightforward answer that I, I want to picture the writing room where someone's like, okay, uh, what would Bender do if he was human? It's like, I don't know, eat and drink until he dies. And say, like, oh, yeah, let's just write an episode about that. Um, But I, I literally, <laughs> I, I quote, this is obscure, but I'll quote his like, his fat rolls death call where he just goes, woo. Yeah, I was thinking woo. about that. Um, I would do that at work at my old job. Where like when a meeting's done, I would stand up and go, woo, <laughs> woo, as I'm walking out of the room. And I just do that sometimes. And people just thought, oh, Cameron's happy that the meeting's over. 
And after doing that a couple times, like subconsciously, I'm not even intentionally quoting Futurama. It's just that's what came out of my mouth. Yeah. Uh, somebody like <laughs> somebody like asked me once. It's like that sounds really familiar. Is that like a Simpsons thing? And I said, no, it's Futurama. He's like, oh, it was that one episode where like Bender died? Are you are you quoting Futurama when you woo all the time? And I'm like, yeah. He's <laughs> like, I knew it was something. It was like driving him crazy all the time. Uh, yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, when you're when you're satisfied with Futurama, let's go ahead and pencil that into the schedule. Yeah, well, I don't I don't know if I want to wait till we're done because it is a nine season show. Um, but there's so many episodes I've only seen like the one time, or it's been so long that there's a certain level of like I'm not rewatching it for the first time, but there's a lot of like. I forgot this was an episode, or I forgot how this one ends. Like, I, you know, enough time has passed where I'm getting some of that spark again, you know, and it's been, it's been great. It is such a fantastic cart. So, did you catch any of the movies? Uh, I remember watching, I want to say I watched them all when they were airing on Comedy Central. Adult Swim. Adult Swim. No, maybe. I, I think it was Comedy Central. They hopped around. You could have seen yeah. them on Comedy Central. I, um, yeah, the, a couple of the movies kind of felt like, well, they're trying really hard because they're back. But then a couple are like, no, this actually feels like a Futurama episode. Yeah. One thing that was interesting about that Bender one is I feel like the vo- his voice changes slightly when he's human Bender. Like, he, there's something about it that is a little different from Robot Bender and how he talks. Yeah. Which I thought was a really neat touch, like, going in. It's like, oh, <clears throat> he, like, literally changed the character around because he's like the Like, the voice actor is augmented something i don't know how to like describe it but well i, I think they a, just equalize them a little different i think they might have like brought up the the base a little bit oh maybe um and just and maybe lower pitch i don't remember exactly but yeah they they do something subtle it's still bender but it's kind of different mm-hmm. um that show actually had a lot of attention to detail and polish in a way that you wouldn't think it has to yeah which has been really fun to like notice though just like some of the little things in the backgrounds or callbacks to stuff or they'll do kind of a sciencey thing but i think they did the research on this like that sounds like that's that part's true like the rest of it's bullshit but that might part might not be you know kind of well yeah i mean they're actually like science jokes that they work in where like somebody will say something like dumb science fictiony that where the joke is that that's literally not how the science works mm-hmm. and it's like you almost have to understand that to get the joke because otherwise they just sort of said something for no reason it was a yeah, that was a smart show. There's a, like there's it. some low parts, but mostly high parts. Yeah, there's, there's an episode uh, where the brains attack and like Fry's so stupid the brains don't do anything, and they end up hopping through some books at the end. And one of the things that really tickled me is that like he knows those books, like he he clearly paid attention in whatever high school English classes he was in because he remembered who Queequeg was, like when they're in the Moby Dick thing, um, or the the uh, Huck Finn book, like he knew. He knew that stuff, and it's sort of like Fry's an idiot, but he retained like these stories that he was told, and I don't know, like as someone who's read those, like that was just kind of fun to see. But also the fact that like he was commanding the situation, I was like, is this a plot hole or is this a joke or is this just like maybe Fry has some level of intellect that he just never taps into? Like I don't know, it was it was kind of neat to like discuss. With yeah, I liked that one. Um, I also love the finale there where it's like fry wrote his own book to trap the brain in 
Yeah. Which is like a clever sci-fi solution to like, how do you defeat the smartest being? It's like, you have to be stupider than them. But yeah. also, I love how the, the brain like is repeating the dialogue Fry wrote. So it's like, and now the Brians will leave for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just fly away and say, yay. <laughs> um, I love uh, the that one musical episode where he was playing the flute. With the he used the devil's hands. Oh, we haven't gotten to that one yet. I I love um, one of the running gags in there is that people keep using the word ironically wrong. Do you remember oh, yeah. that? I guess. So like they'll just they'll say something ironically, and then someone else will say I don't think that's what that word means. But they don't like they don't really draw a lot of attention to it. Sure. But the word irony is used incorrectly like three or four times in the episode. Oh, and then at the end. Um, uh, the, the robot devil, uh, has Leela agree to give up her hand to him. And so it's like, so Leela's like, whatever, I'll, I'll marry him. You can't hurt Fry. Um, or no, I like, you can cut off my hand. I don't care. And then the robot devil explains in musical form that she's not losing her hand. She has to marry him. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. a twist on the word. And then, the, like, Bender in the audience is holding a dictionary. And it's like, the use of words expressing something other than their literal intention. Now that is irony. And it's yeah, like, wait, okay. they, they solved what is irony question. <laughs> you didn't realize it was a running gag until the end where they turned it into a running gag. And it's like, how in the world did you do that? One, one, one last thing before we leave. Um... So I know Fry plays that like flute that has like the hollow the holophone or whatever it is. Yeah. He does that in a couple episodes. I believe he does it with that one too, where he's got the robot devil hands and he can actually play it again. Um that that instrument is in the foundation books by Azabov, which were written in like the fifties. Yes. And I'm and I when I was rereading those, I was like, oh my god, this is where Futurama got that. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, no, that to, was like, actually see... a clever reference to something, but then they just like actually have it. And <laughs> it's like a yeah. running thing in there. But I don't know, like, I mean, it just goes back to, like, the, the, the building blocks to, like, these big genres we all know and love that have been around for, you know, a hundred, well, not a hundred <laughs> years, but a long time. Like, people are still fucking going back to those and finding stuff to, like, borrow or just legitimately just steal. But it it's cool. Like, it's so fun to, like, go back and, like, you know, go read Asimov, go read fucking Lord of the Rings or Beowulf, go listen to, not Megadeth, listen to something else. Listen to Ozzy. Another gag I loved was uh, when he got the devil's hands, he could play the flute better, and he became this like uh, this amazing, talented superstar. And there's this like montage of all of his successful musicals, and each one there's like it's this like romantic thing, and they're dressed like in Broadway clothes for the majestic play. But every single play came back to like Donkey Kong, where like a barrel would come by and they would jump over it. Sounds about right. Oh, you don't remember that episode at all. I, I don't. I don't. You're going to love it when you get there. You're going to go. That was that thing Cameron said. <laughs> yeah, he spoiled the joke. That's okay. I love the one where they were voting. Oh, yeah. Uh, that got Nixon elected. And my, yes. my favorite part was like they lose the vote by two votes or something. And and Fry's like, oh, like one vote ever mattered. And Bender's like, yeah, I didn't vote. And then Leela, who was like harping on voting the whole time, is like, I knew there was something I meant to do today. Yep. And it's just like, I I love how they, they are not afraid to make Leela make mistakes for a joke. 
Mm-hmm. Like she is the smart one, but then she's also as stupid as everyone else sometimes. Yeah. I loved it. That candy episode where like, like we got to deliver these. She's like, I got a lazier idea. They just dump it into a quasar. <laughs> yeah. Which, like turns out to like the radiation kills like dozens of planets or whatever. Yeah. If, it, unless you're at the perfect distance where it was beautiful. But just like that, because that comes up a lot where like, I remember where they were like delivering stuff and like, well, if I, you know, if you were captain, we could have just broken the second dolly by now and got home kind of thing. <laughs> but, you know, Leela's making us work. And so just like when she's like, I want to be lazy today, like we've had a fucking day. It's just like, it's so great because like there's so much to her and she's like so grounded despite being like the responsible and smart one. Like she has these lapses that feel so authentic. We are accidentally having a Futurama episode. We're at an hour 18. We should leave. Man, we could we could have two Futurama episodes. I'm just going to keep this quoting is... episodes for a while. I'm, I'm going to start quoting episodes now. And by the time we record next week, I'll be like mid-sentence. <laughs> and then and then Zoidberg said, like, your music's bad and you should feel bad. I like that one. Me too. I like Zoidberg. He's great. And remember, you're great, too, if you shop at McMastercar for all your tooling bit needs. Yeah, shop at McMastercar. Listen to Ozzy. Yeah, Ozzy's okay. Bye. That's all. Bye.